On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning, while it was still dark, and saw the stone removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived first at the tomb, and he saw and believed, for they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the, from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We celebrate today Easter, the day of the resurrection, the great victory of Jesus. This is the great victory of our captain, the victory that he obtained one as nobody could ever imagine. When the great game of salvation seemed that it could be lost because Jesus was dying on the cross, the death of God, then at that moment he obtained a resounding victory like nobody could ever imagine. The greatest victory of our captain. We are afflicted in every way but not constrained, would say St. Paul. Perplexed but not driven to despair. Persecuted but not abandoned. Struck down but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being, being given up to death for the sake of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you, would say St. Paul. Since then we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We too believe and therefore speak, knowing that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and place us with you, Father, in his presence. So this is the greatest victory of our captain, a victory that he obtained not only for himself but also for us. He won, and because he won, we win. He has conquered once and forever. And for that, it is right that we raise an alleluia on this day and in this whole season of Easter. 
that that is our almost battle cry, our song of victory. Alleluia to Christ. Because the stone has been removed, as we just read in the gospel, and the tomb is empty. The burial cloths are still sitting there. They're nicely folded up. They're in the tomb. But the Lord is not there. The tomb is empty. The battle is won and the king is alive. And this is the greatest victory of our captain, we say, because it is a victory upon the three main enemies that we have in our life. The enemy of death, the enemy of sin, and the enemy of mediocrity. Jesus has defeated death in our lives. Our greatest enemy, putting an end to all of our aspirations, projects, and everything that we humanly value in life. And the proof of this is that instinct that we have for self-preservation in life, the most basic and powerful for human desires. And death is an enemy, St. Paul would say, that Satan uses to produce fear in our lives. Death is the thing that puts an end to all of our aspirations. But even worse than that is the fear of death that leads us to live our lives in fear. And so St. Paul would say in Hebrews 2.15 that Jesus came to free those who through fear of death had been subject to slavery all their life. Satan wants to keep us subject to himself by fear of death. Death without the assurance of an afterlife, of a better and more fulfilled life afterwards. It is a really bad news, and it produces fear in us. And many sinful inclinations are produced by that fear of death, that desire of preserving this life that slips almost through our fingers. And the great news is that Jesus has defeated death, that enemy he has defeated. And when we say that someone has defeated death, maybe if they had a cancer or they were battling a, you know, a, a deadly uh, sickness in their lives, maybe they fought bravely and, and they fought enough that they stayed alive and they survived, we say. And so they defeated death. Jesus, however, he died. He defeated death in a much more powerful way by dying and rising by his own power. He conquered death, not just for himself, but also for the rest of us. He opened the gates of heaven so that we may realize that we are made for heaven, that we belong there, that he has already begun a transformation so that we could be there, joining him with all the saints in the great victory. Imagine the celebration that there is in heaven today. In the second place, Jesus has defeated sin. Jesus on the cross is the sign of the world's rejection. If we can picture the cross as we did on, on Good Friday here, and we contemplated the cross, that is the sign, of, the sign of the world's hatred. That is as much as we can do with our own sin. If we look at the cross, that is what we can do with our own power. Jesus let the evil one speak and yell as loud as possible. 
while he remained silent. He took that blow. And I believe that Satan has convinced us in our lives that sin is more powerful than grace, that vice is more powerful than virtue, that we can only live hoping to fight in a lost battle, that we should resist as much as we want, but it's lost. That is not the case because Jesus didn't remain silent. After he let the evil one scream and say all that he had to say, he spoke his last word and the most powerful of all, the resurrection. Like Aslan roaring and he silences the anxious screaming of the white witch. That powerful is the resurrection of Christ that conquers all power of sin. Christ has defeated the power of sin so that we may live in the power of grace. The Easter proclamation we sang last night that Joe sang beautifully, we, we, we sang at that moment, we are delivered from the gloom of sin and are restored to grace and holiness of life. That is what is happening today. Christ is working a work of restoration in us, setting things right, letting us understand that grace is more powerful than sin, that virtue is the norm, that vice is only a corruption, that virtue has more power, that you can live differently, and that he's performing something new in us, a work of restoration. Christ's resurrection enables us to have a relationship with the Father, to be in communion with God, to be done with lesser things, as we just read in the second reading, to set our eyes on the things that are above and to rejoice in that new life. In the third place, Jesus defeated mediocrity. Not only death, not only sin, that wasn't enough, but for this life so that we may live in greatness. The victory that Jesus obtained for us is not a victory where he barely made it, like a game where he scored at the end in the last minute and he barely won the game. No, it's, you know, he won by much. It is a resounding victory, that of Jesus. He came out of the tomb and he's renewing all creation. He's calling everyone to the Father. And he creates saints. What the resurrection of Christ produces in the hearts that are open is saints, holiness, greatness. And that is the greatest proof of the resurrection. Of course, we believe in the resurrection because there were people who saw Jesus risen from the dead. As far as we know from St. Paul, 500 people who saw Jesus risen from the dead. There's real people like you and me who saw that. It's undeniable. Can you imagine being a first-generation Christian, knowing people who saw the risen Christ? Like if I would come here and, and tell you, it is true, I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen the Lord risen from the dead. You must follow this way. It is all worth it. He rose from the dead. I've never seen that before with anybody else. He must be God. Everything that he said must be true. There's people who, who saw him. There were 42 generations, I think, after that first generation. But 
You know that power of the resurrection hasn't decreased, but it has increased. Because there's many Christians who have opened their hearts to Christ risen from the dead and have become saints. Millions of saints in the centuries. Billions of anonymous saints. And the kind of greatness that the resurrection of Christ produces in the souls that are open. And maybe if you're following Christ and wanting to live in the resurrection, you look at yourself and you say, I'm not a saint and I'm like pre-open. Well, I think there's two things. The first one is that we don't see things in ourselves so much. Our people might see it. And they, they might even tell us or, or be struck by our testimony. Yeah, we're not perfect, of course. But people see that growth. They see Christ in us. And that's amazing. But then another answer is that we haven't opened our hearts sufficiently to what Christ wants to do in us if we're not saints. Because that is what this good news is meant to produce. If it, really, if it finds a good ground, it produces a saint. That good is the this, is this seed. The seed is really great. It just needs to find good dirt. So let us open our hearts to the resurrection even more. I know that many of you were doing Exodus 90 and Magnify 90. You have been preparing for this moment for not only 40 days of Lent, but 90. And exactly because of this reason is why we have been doing that. So that we bring the human foundation as high as we can. And now we ask the Lord, take us from here. We're just telling you that we want to be open to what you want to do in us. The restoration takes us from where we are. And so we have prepared, we have grown in discipline so that now we can be taken by the Lord. And if this is not your case and this is not how you feel tonight, we need to stop looking at ourselves and look more at Christ because this is His work in us. Jesus is risen from the dead and this is His great victory. We just sang at the beginning, crown him with many crowns he's the victor but he takes off the crown and he wants to hang that crown on each one of us he wants to see our victory he has defeated but he's not taking that just for himself he wants to see the victory of each one of us and so maybe we are here and we say well i can't really relate to that well christ can we need to look at him we need to Lend him into our hearts. It is hard but simple. It is not easy, but it, it is simple. We just need to lay down our lives to Christ and to tell him, I want to remove the stone of my heart and let you enter into my soul. And if you do that with faith and follow up after tonight, the Lord wants to enact a work of holiness in each one of us. So may we trust that what He promises, what He has done, is still powerful today. He's still risen. He's still risen today. The tomb is still empty. Christ is risen from the dead. And He's creating saints in the world today. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads and pray for a moment that we may give thanks to the Lord for His great work. Lord Jesus, we thank you because the power of your resurrection 
hasn't decreased, but on the contrary, increased. Throughout these 2,000 years, for all the hearts that open up to you, you transform them in such a way that you produce saints, you create greatness. True greatness, not the greatness of this world, but true greatness. You defeat death in our lives and all fear of death so that we may not fear even that great enemy. You defeat sin in our lives. You keep us in the battle, of course, so that we may not grow proud, prideful. You keep us in the battle so that you may strengthen us through it. But you have conquered sin. And you want to conquer sin in us. You want us to live sin-free, a sin-free life. How beautiful it is to live in grace, in a state of grace, in a relationship, in a situation of communion with you, in a new life. And you want to see us thrive. You want to see us victorious. You want to share your victory with us. Lord, in this night, touch our hearts that we may be enlightened by you. Amen. Hallelujah.